Welcome to the Weekend Wild Podcast. I'm Pat. And I'm Jim. And we're two working class dudes who only got two days to get her done. We talk about a lot of fishing, especially muskie, northern, walleye, and in the fall, we love bow hunting. So we've got all your bow tips and tricks. So we also talk about conservation, news articles, cooking, a little bit of lifestyle, and a little bit of opinion. We only have two days to get it done, so come on, tune in, and get Weekend Wild. You recording? We are. And... For anybody that didn't recognize that voice, wish like Billy's here this time. I am indeed. How many episodes have you missed? Three? Three, I think. think? Yeah, I think three episodes. Two of them. Two of them we recorded when we were on afternoon, so that's not really your fault. Uh, The other one, you were really busy mowing grass. (laughs) Well, you texted me and then... And going, you know, grocery shopping. My phone was in the garage and I'm out there cutting grass and you said, Pat's going to be here in 15 minutes. I'm reading it like 20 minutes later, like, oh... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't know if Pat's coming this week or not. Uh I just got a text. Let's see. Uh no, Pat's not coming this week. So he he's did not. No, he did not send the text message, so he's not coming this week. So, just you and me. Okay. What do you think? I do have some exciting news for uh, a Bushlight Billy segment. But let's yes, talk you do. about our week. First. Yeah, that's uh the one thing I was wondering out of those three episodes that you listened to. You got any critique on them? Anything that you liked, didn't like? I'm actually like an episode or two behind. I think I only missed two episodes. No, you missed three. I can tell you right now. Let me go to my let me go to the little app I uh I upload this stuff on. Uh so we had the fall salmon run, five season five reasons to not visit the Midwest and the Green Bay trip you missed. I don't I, know. Were you there for I go- was there for the Green Bay trip? You were there for the Green Bay one? Yeah. Oh, maybe you did only miss. Did you do night fishing? Were you there for night fishing? No, I wasn't there for night fishing. Okay, that was the third one then. Okay. Yeah, I'm just missing that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that that one hasn't come out yet, has it? What's that? Night fishing? That didn't. That was uh, four episodes ago. I did a thing on go night fishing. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Yeah, I was there for the Green Bay trip. What did you think of the uh, five reasons not to visit the Midwest? I'm not. not Oh, you didn't listen to that? Not quite through Man, you're my worst fan. You're my worst (laughs) fan. (laughs) I've been, yeah, it's just. Don't give me that debt. No, I don't even say that. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Well, anyway, we'll move on. I wanted to see if you had any critique from anything you wanted to throw in, but you didn't listen to it. So um, we went fishing. Yeah, we went fishing. Went night fishing. Got skunked. Got skunked. We we did beat up some rock piles pretty good, though. A couple of them rocks felt like fish. I will say, yeah. I will say that meat grinder, that is is one hell of a lure. It's neat, isn't it? I love that lure. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, you can yo-yo that thing up and down. You can constantly retrieve it, bounce oh, yeah. it off rocks, bounce it off weeds. I threw that all day. You did. He, he did not switch lures. He brought his whole Lakewood box with, and never once dipped into it. Yeah, never once dipped into it. It's such. A, it's a very versatile lure. Uh, I, I I have to say though, the one thing that I think is just troublesome with this time of year is we never. What was the coldest wa- water we found? Seventy nine point no, eight. No, I don't something. even think I, that would have been cool. I don't know if we found that. Yeah. I thought I, the, at least the, I should say in the time I looked down, I'm gonna say the coldest water we found was like eighty one and a half. Yeah, eighty two, and it was low water level. Like they it actually is. had a warning sign. Remember at the at the launch? Yeah, launch at your own risk. Yeah, they, yeah, and I could see that. So like uh, that that one rock bar. I'm surprised there's not a buoy over the top of that. I think you can whack that at, at the right. If you did not oh, know yeah. that it was there, I think you can get it. And but normal weather or, or normal water. You're never going to hit that. No. And the water's real low and hot. Yeah, I mean, what's the deepest hole we found on that side of the lake? Nine feet? Nine. Yeah, about nine feet, You know, I think. and uh, like all the maps call for saying 10 to 15. Yeah. If we found nine was the deepest. That was the channel. That was the hole. Yeah, right. You know? We were going up into shallows at five, but the hole was nine. Yeah, nine you feet. You know? Um, so, yeah, without Pat, we're going to end up having a shorter episode here. I wish... Uh, he's had some uh he's had some showing up issues the last uh few times with 
different plans oh. we made. So we'll get into that more, maybe. But yeah, so we might just end up with a shorter episode here. We're going to talk about some hunting stuff, but uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, the one thing we did forget to mention is that it hasn't happened really since we initially launched with the Steve and Joe Booker episode, but mm-hmm. we're supposed to be on the Muskie 360 yet. And that's coming. It's still, we're still, we haven't because the guy that, Steve, he's been out of town and where he is, the internet's terrible. He could barely get his uploaded. But I talked to him. We're supposed to be getting on the Muskie 360 app soon enough. We're supposed okay. to be posted on there. So I wanted to say that. But you, a couple of episodes you were saying, you can find us on the Muskie 360 app. And we forgot to say that a couple of times. Yeah. So I just want to say that that's actually still a thing. That's still in the works. Looking forward to it. So, and if you guys don't know that app, uh, have you been on it? Have you been on the Muskie 360 app? I can't find it on Android. Oh, that's right, on Samsung's. You actually got to go on the website. Yeah, but, uh, I, I go to the website. Yeah, so, but you've been on it then. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, it's the same thing as the app. It, yeah. lo- it looks exactly, it works the exact same way. It's a cool website. There's a lot of info on it. Oh, there. yeah, there is. So you guys should check out, if you can get if you can get it, I know there's trouble with Samsung phones in the app, but if you don't have a Samsung, I guess it's easier to get. So check out the Muskie 360 app. There's a lot of good stuff. There's like different things for trolling and lures. There's a lot of information. Fishing reports. And just content, yeah. videos, look at this new lure, or and it's not even a new lure, just check this lure out you might not have known about kind right. of thing. No, um, it's a really cool website. For salmon fishing, I got my spoons in and started painting them. Okay. So uh, I got the glow-in-the-dark Rust-Oleum glow-in-the-dark paint, and yeah. I, I had the spray. I didn't like the way the spray, like how uneven it is, so I bought a can of this stuff. Just this little can, but I've been dipping them in there and enameling them. Mm-hmm. So we're getting some more spoons ready. We got a million spoons already. You said Rust-Oleum? Yeah, I believe. Isn't that the company? Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that stuff, it is. So a couple weeks ago at work, I had a spray paint can explode on me at work of Rust-Oleum. And yeah, he sent a Snapchat out. I'll tell you what, it's it's good at keeping, uh, stays on your skin for a really long time. So it, then, of course, I had a, um, a solvent degreaser just to try and get it off. Well, it's really hot, and I'm sweaty at work, so it's just, like, burning, like, chemical burning my skin. Yeah, like... uh. The one time with that, Pat bent over at work when we worked together. And it was hot out. Yeah. And anybody that's been around Pat knows his ass crack hangs out a good three, four inches every time he bends over. Yeah. I had a can of brake clean in my hand. He bends over and there's an ass crack, so I just reach over and... It's like a chemical burn with your pores open and everything. Oh, my. So he immediately stood up, chewed me out pretty good. And then, but the thing I felt terrible about is a couple minutes into it, the burn happened. Yeah. And he's running around with a red ass crack. Yeah, you dude, know? it's... It was one That's of those no heat waves. That was like, oh, shit, that was 10, 15 years ago, somewhere in there. I mean, we oh, were yeah. 13 years ago, something like that. But yeah, you're right. I watched that happen with Pat. That gets into the open pores and just like turns red and gets hot and it burns. It's a chemical burn. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so. So yeah, just painting spoons. Good stuff. Yeah, getting ready for salmon season. And then uh, I did a little, uh, I uh, I haven't been like really like heavy duty power lifting and I got back into that this week. Want to see what I can do. Yeah. Had a 9.25 total. I'm used to like a 1,025 total. So I lost 100 pounds on all my lifts, all three lifts. But still, I was still able to pull 400 off the floor this week after not pulling 400 in about eight or nine months. So I was happy. Good for you. Um, we got the Hayward trip coming up. We do Hayward's have to, coming up. We're probably going to discuss that on the next trip, the prep, the prep for Hayward. Yep. Or on the next episode, not next trip. We're probably going to do a Hayward prep episode kind of thing. At least talk about it. Yep. Uh, what else started. do I have on the list? Uh, oh, the one thing, anybody in Michigan listening, uh, we did that whole Camp Grayling thing, you know, mm-hmm. and no news on like the expansion or nothing. But if you are in that area, you're going to notice huge 
presence of military vehicles. They were running all kinds of drills at Camp Grayling right now. No kidding. Thousands and thousands of people floating around, trucks zooming around, and yeah. So you, wow. if you're up in if you're up in that northern lower Michigan part, you're going to see some crazy Camp Grayling activity going yeah, on. Be careful up there. <clears throat> so, so what about your week? Tell me about how how's how's uh, Bush Lake Billy been? Been pretty good. Um, Cooking, chilling, cooking, working. Cooking, chilling. Yeah, we're back on overtime, so we've been know, working we've been, quite a bit. And I'm um, on a day shift this week, so my day starts at three thirty. You yeah. know, I got uh, to sleep in this morning though till four. I got to sleep in yesterday till four. You know, I got my. Uh, remember we talked about like my sleep apnea thing? Oh yeah, but, yeah. So I, I get my uh, sleep apnea machine. Um, so you know, I've only had it? it for a couple of nights now, but I can't. I think it's just going to take some getting used to to wear in this thing, and then. Uh, but I do feel like more refreshed when I wake up in the morning. That's for sure. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm glad you got that thing. Yeah. For anybody that was following us during the white bass run, like I walk in the bedroom, me and him are sharing a room on that trip, and I'm listening to him breathe, and I'm like, do I wake him up? Do I, you know? You took a video of it, and I was like, wow. <gasps> yeah. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. You know? What is that? And it delved into like a whole different, you know, whole bunch of like different medical things. And, you know, I guess sleep is... uh. Like sleep apnea, where when your heart stops, it's just terrible for your heart. Doesn't oh, your heart I, doesn't stop, but like it's terrible for your well, health. You're not getting the the blood in your oxygen, right? Isn't right. that or oxygen in your blood? You yeah. know. So they're saying uh, so like events per hour. Like an event is when you stop breathing for more than ten seconds. Ten seconds is a long time. It's a long time. Um, I was doing it like six times per hour. So if you figure that's like you know sixty seconds and not breathe, well six events per hour per hour. But now I'm down to like two this machine so we'll try it out good i'm glad you did it i'm glad you did it yeah. some people are a little reluctant to uh do medical you know oh i don't care yeah i think it's good for you so yeah well we could either move into the news or we could do bushlight billy what do you I, want to do? i'm kind of excited i've got a i've got a bushlight billy update for you okay let's do let's do bushlight billy then so i went and uh i've been hemming and hawing about buying a propane grill for months now right? i've been hearing about it all summer for the most um, part and I, you know, you price out Weber's and you price out all these different other grills. And Jim always said something about me: when I buy something, I buy nice stuff. He always buys the nicest. Like you know, for instance, the, the one pressure washer he bought. You know, like I would go to Home Depot and I would see the three hundred dollar one, and then I'd find the two hundred dollar one, and then find the ninety nine dollar one. I'd buy the ninety nine dollar one. Yeah. Hopefully, it works for me. You know. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Bill's give me like, the five hundred fifty dollar one. Bill will go to three places and then order the expensive one because they don't have it in the store. Yeah. You know. Or it's just more convenient for me to order it. Um, so I figured I kind of priced them out, and I figured I'm, I'm going to spend anywhere from... We're back to grills, by the way. Yeah, we're back to grills. Um, I'm going to spend anywhere from 1000 to 1500 bucks. Now, you can spend, you know, three, four grand on them, but but for what I wanted... Uh, what do you get for three, four grand? They actually sell them for three, four thousand dollars you're saying? Oh, yeah. Wow. They're like, bigger. They have more accessories to them. See, they got infrared. Lights wow. in the inside, you know. You can get all the bells and whistles when it comes to that kind of stuff. Man, you better for $3,000. Oh, yeah, for $3,000. I have a $250 propane grill we've been using for eight years. Yeah, but I wanted uh, I wanted four burners, and um, so I kind of did my research, and I found the Gorilla Grills Primate. So I have a Gorilla. Um, I do have a hand in this. Yes, I yes, do, you do. I deserve a little credit. Um, so I have, the obviously, the Gorilla Silverback is my pellet smoker, and... I went online and we saw. I think you found you found it for me. Hey, they've got a primate there. That's a propane grill. They send me advertisements all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's how I knew about the primate because I looked into it too. Because yeah. like my my 
$250 ones rotting away. The one burner is completely gone. We don't even use it. Yeah. And then so like, I'm, I started looking into it and I realized not this year. It's not going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. And then, but that's when I first was introduced to, because I thought, I thought Grillo was a smoking company. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You know? Nope. They sell the propane grill, the primate. Um, and just, it just so happened that uh, it was on a 10% off special when I was like looking at it. And it's like, it's never going to get lower than that. So just buy it. So it was about a thousand bucks delivered. Um, it's funny cause it got delivered on a pallet. My driveway is still, still not done. Yeah. For like eight weeks. Yeah. It's kind of an ongoing, that's a whole nother conversation anyway, but the, the city's grill- messing with them guys. The city's messing with them. Yeah. This is what happens when you don't pull a permit. Yeah. Um, but no, the Gorilla Primate, I've used it tons of times. I've had it for a couple of weeks now. I use it all the time. It's probably one of the best things that I own. Um, it's one thing too, that's really cool about it. This is kind of what got, got us the Blackstone back, um, is you can actually pull the grill grates out, and then you can put a cast iron um, flat top on top of it. So it becomes basically like, you know, a flat top. Oh, Blackstone. Flat, yeah, Blackstone. So the Blackstone, he's talking about a buddy at work. He's like, hey, my brother's selling this Blackstone. He doesn't like it. This is like two years ago. Was it that long ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's he's... My buddy or my brother's selling this thing. He doesn't like it. I'm like, I know Bill's talked about these. You know, at the time, I really didn't do any cooking yet. Yeah. Now I now I cook all the time. But I text him, hey, what do you think? A hundred bucks for this thing? And he told me, go get it. Yeah, go get it today for a hundred bucks. And, that, and it, it, he it was barely used, right? When we got it, barely used. Um, and he tried it, didn't like it. And then, I mean, five hundred bucks. We got it for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And so you took that and was using that for a while. I was at using work it at and work, it, and yep, got it reseasoned and everything. So then I um. So then I got this thing, and then I'm like, Jim, do you still want? You still have an interest in this? And you're like, hell yeah, bring it back, you know. So we cooked it on it every day this and, week. Yeah, every day this week we cooked on that Blackstone. It's awesome. They really are so cool. Oh, when it comes to like meal prepping, and like I won't ever use to fry meat. Like how I always brown my meat in this in the house on the stove. Mm-hmm. I will not. I, it's gonna be Blackstone from here on out. It's nice doing it outside too. You yeah, know, especially not like heating up the house. Yeah, especially in the middle of summer when it's hot outside. Yeah. Um. um but going to the Gorilla thing, because like we had this conversation, because Gorilla's been good to us. They have been. If you need a replacement little piece, weren't you talking about that? So like I have uh, the Kong, which is the big ceramic egg, the big green egg version of theirs. Yeah. And I got this thing brand new on a pallet. You know, semi showed up, dropped it off. And I'm really not a picky person, but like, uh, like I'm really not. Like I can carve an apple with the knife that I just used to scrape a gasket off a transmission. And I, like, I, I'm just not picky about yeah. things, you know? And, uh, but the one thing everybody looks at when you're on the egg is you have the slide open top, you know, mm-hmm. you got the, you got the steel top and it's preventing, you got zero through three air openings, you know? Mm-hmm. And on the end is these two little plastic and it's just enough. If you could put your thumb and your finger together, it's just where those touch and it's plastic. So you don't burn your fingers on the vent. And the one was chipped, you know? It's just chipped. I mean, there's a 10 cent part. And I, I, so I emailed him, Hey, can you send me one of these? This is broke. I just got it. And it just, you know, just send me one. I'll screw it in. Mm-hmm. No problem. I said, uh, within like three days, the entire, the entire cast iron or cast, I don't know if it's cast iron, but that whole cast piece yeah. for the vent, uh, showed up and I'm like, uh, this, I don't need this. I don't need the whole thing. I was just looking for this little plastic thing. So I emailed her. I said, do you want the old one back? She says, no, I'll keep it. Yeah. No, I'm like, what? Their customer like, service is outstanding but i feel like i just ate up all their profits on me by them sending me that thing i feel like they ate up the profits on me yeah because like they can't be clearing that much money off of that kong you know but that was so like anybody that's interested in the ceramic egg got to give them a look first Mm -hmm. the only thing that they don't have are more sizes 
There's one size. That's the one you get. Mm-hmm. But the big green egg for the same size was like $1,300. And there's no stand for it. No stand. If you want to, if you want this thing to sit on something, you're either building something, buying something, whatever. Yeah. This and came, that stuff's not cheap either. This came with a stand, and I bought it at, I don't know, it was like tax return time, so I don't know if they knew that mm-hmm. about people. Yeah. It was like early spring. I bought it because I, I knew it was going to be on daddy duty. Right. And uh, But they threw the whole accessory kit in. So there's a spatula, and there's the ash picker router on yep. the bottom thing. And they threw a bunch. Oh, cover. That's a technical a, term for that? Yeah, the ash getter router ash getter on the router. bottom thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then they even threw in a cover. The cover's 100 bucks. Yeah. Wow, they threw the cover in too, huh? Yeah, there was this whole kit I bought. But yeah. I got the whole thing for 750 bucks, And here I am looking at the egg. But you only get the egg right. for $1,300. So that's how I ended up. But they were, I'm telling you, that little plastic, that's all I was looking for. I wasn't looking for anything more. I just can you just send it to me because it's like right in the noticeable spot, mm-hmm. you know? It's just like it's just kind of the front of the grill, right where you look, and it already looks broken, kind of. And I wasn't even mad. I get it shipping. I've been, <laughs> I deal with trucking and shipping all the time. Yep, things happen. And uh, but I was just looking for this little plastic piece, and they sent me the whole entire thing, no questions asked. Yeah, that's another reason I think I went with the primate because I was looking at Weber's and stuff, and you can only get like maybe a two burner, three burner, maybe for like twelve hundred bucks. But, really. Yeah. Yeah, but this oh, one, I didn't know that. Yeah, the primate it's a it's a four burner. It's massive, and it, it's kind of nice being brand specifics or brand loyal. So I'm very happy with my silverback pellet smoker. That's you know? where I came in because I told him when he's shopping around, I said, you know, you already got a gorilla that you love, and you use you just use the ton. You just use it a ton. Why don't you just give them a chance? You know, look into it. Oh no, yeah, I'm very happy with the purchase. It's kind of cool looking outside. I've got two. I've got my smoker right next to my uh, the propane grill now the primate and both the uh both the covers on both say grilla grills it's just kind of like i just I, for me i've always been very loyal to my brand so like lund boats they get the first look in fact when i bought this one i didn't even check out the other ones right just went to lund knew what i wanted you and they're know, a midwest I, company too you know yeah so the gorilla the gorilla oh you talking about gorilla or gorilla yeah, yeah. well lund is midwest company too technically but um don't buy brunswick but yeah gorilla's two fishing buddies yep. you know and but granted, granted, a lot of Weber's are made in the U.S. The Gorillas are not. If that right. means something to you, you have to know that they are not made in the U.S. And they tell you on the website, we can't make these nice, this nice of a grill in the U.S. for the price that you guys want. Mm-hmm. And they're very open about it. They're not trying to hide it. They're not trying to disguise it. But they're not. They're not U.S. made. Yeah. But even putting it together, you could tell it's just well, well engineered. You know, because yeah, it, it comes was, apart in pieces. It's just everything screwed together, and it's nice and tight. It's, yeah, that's how the that's how mine was too, yeah. with that stand and everything. And like, you know, like the, with the ceramic eggs, you have those counterbalance springs. Mm-hmm. The, the lids just weigh a hundred pounds or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, it means half the grill. You know. Yeah. Right. And uh, but when you pick that up, everything's just tight about it. It comes down, and like I was looking at other ones where like, oh, you have to adjust it so the gaskets meet. This one, the gasket just met. Yep. The two pieces just lined up. It was just great. It was you know. The whole great. yeah with the primate too the whole upper half came all assembled so it was just like basically you build the stand and then pop this on top screw it down good to go took me like an hour is that all you got for bushlight billy yeah that's all I got for bushlight billy like I said uh, gorilla grills highly recommended um, next one you're talking about the brisket yeah I think yeah. I'm gonna be doing a brisket um, uh, I got some news the one thing I forgot to drop in the beginning so I'm doing kind of an invasive species uh, fight update. After the news, all okay. right. We were gonna. Pat was gonna do this bow thing. I might dive into it a little bit now, but uh, I am talking about some things going on with invasive species, fighting invasive species. One we, one of these we have to keep an eye on. Okay. Okay. Let's dig into it. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna do the news first. This is the Guardian.com. Great Lakes gets its first wind farm. The Great Lakes itself. All right. So the surface area. I thought when I was reading this article, I thought this was interesting. The surface area of the Great Lakes is larger than the UK. 
the entire country. There's more surface area in the Great Lakes than all of UK. I believe it. So they're looking at the potential output uh, for wind farms just on the Great Lakes could be 700 gigawatts, all right, which would power millions of homes. Lake Erie Energy Development Corps is planning to build Icebreaker, quote-unquote Icebreaker. Okay. Which is a demo wind farm. So they're like, let's just, uh, the, we want to prove our idea. So we're going to build this little one. It's only going to be good for 20 megawatts. You know, I just said 700 gigawatts. We're going to build one for se- or 20 megawatts. You're talking like on the water? On the water. Okay. And they're going to do this in Lake Erie off the shores of Cleveland. And uh, this is one thing I thought is funny. So they got all these plans and construction can start as early as 2025. And it's like, why don't you start now? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, for anybody that's like followed like our energy stuff, like we're not a fan of wind farms. I think they're the ugliest thing we can think of. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's sustainable for the, today's output of electronics. You know, maybe back in the 50s when everybody had a lamp and a radio, you know. Yeah, right. But uh, now that we have, everyone's got a phone and a TV and a computer in their room. And an electric just, smoker. Yeah, electric smokers. I just don't think fans are going to do it. But the article goes on, uh, into why wind is needed over other methods and yada, yada, that whole argument. You know, we're not getting into all that. People are fearing environmental fallout, though. And do you know what the number one thing they're worried about with environmental fallout? Like, if, you, if you're like, oh, man, what environmentally thing can, this, can wind farms do to the Great Lakes? What would come to your mind? Because I, like I, I know what I was thinking and what they were more worried about than others was completely different. Birds. Birds. Yeah, you got it. They were more worried. So they say, uh, I'm surprised you got that. I was thinking oil leaks off the gearboxes in there is going to cause oil Well, that's spill. what I was starting to think too. It's like, because I know when those things, when those things go up, like they are like, they bam. Yeah. Yeah. Massive like disaster. Um, but I thought that birds are a major thing with those because they just run into them. And so they said bald eagles and other falcons, uh, they, in the location where this farm's going to go is a major hunting ground for bald eagles and other falcons. Mm-hmm. So they're worried about them just getting ripped apart by these things, you know? I never um, would have thought that too, because it's like it's just you look at it, it's just mo- it's just a blade spinning. But when you get up close to them, yeah, they are they yeah. are cooking. You wonder when I got thumped in the head with that thing. Um, the other thing too is that where they're going to put it is a major migratory route for cranes, waterfowl, and songbirds. So when they're mm. flying south or north, yeah. like right where they're putting it is, a, I guess, is a main route for those migratory birds. So I don't know how I don't know how they're going to fight. Like you know, there's no detour sign. You know, for birds, like, I don't know, dude. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna mount that to the floor of the? I was wondering that too. You know, like granted, Erie Erie is like very shallow compared to the other ones, but yeah, it's still it's, like a hundred feet deep, and you know, like yeah. So now this hundred foot tower beam has got to be two hundred feet tall. Not unless they're gonna float. Is there a possibility that they're gonna float? But then you got to run cables underwater and stuff to feed that power you're storing. I yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I know there's wind out there, but I don't know how feasible it is. To, yeah, right. Um. So also contamination, like I was saying, from lube oil, uh, from the windmills, could contaminate all the drinking water for Cleveland. Like, uh, not all of it, but some, you know, it could, yeah. c- it could contaminate. Good portion of it. So what are your thoughts on a wind farm going out there? Yay, nay, nay. different? I think, I mean, wind farms, it's one thing to just put them up in the middle of, like, you know, cornfields and stuff like that. People say, oh, I hate it because it's ugly and everything. It is ugly. But, but I mean, it's the middle of nowhere. It's cornfields and stuff. It's like. Yeah, it's, I guess you're getting two uses out of a, a prairie that no longer exists and it's just cornfields. Right, now, you're making so. cornfields and then you put a. You as long know, as it's effective, the thing is, I don't want I don't want energy bills to triple because we got to maintain fans out there. Yeah, and that's another when, thing. Not when nuclear energy is the cleanest energy there is. Right, I will argue that until the day I die, nuclear energy is the cleanest. No, I agree. 
The only thing that's the only thing that's bad is the little bit of waste you get from it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the wind farm. So this one I was really hoping Pat was going to be here for, but Pat doesn't show up to things. So mlive.com, bow hunting to cull deer population approved in the city of Whitehall, Michigan. And why is that a big deal? Because a buddy of mine just acquired like 15 acres in Whitehall, Michigan. Oh, really? Yes. And the family really doesn't want anything to do with it. They might be selling it. He might he might buy it and build a summer home. Um, so why was it not like a hunting area before? Because it's a city. It's a it's like oh, it's like, like New Lenox, you know. Oh, so you can oh. So here's the here's the rules behind that. You can now hunt deer in city limits as long as you have six contiguous acres. All right. Let's say you don't have six contiguous acres, but your neighbors are also interested in hunting. As long as everybody gets involved in this and okays it, you can create six acres out of your neighbors. So, like, for instance, the block we live on, if everybody wanted to deer hunt and this rule, we all went door to door and everybody signed the little thing, we could hunt on our block if this was, no sitting, if this was Whitehall. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, you just need to come up with six acres between your numbers or neighbors. Uh, shots must be taken from a temporary tree stand. So, what about your garage? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's temporary. That thing on stilts up there. Yeah. It's a, one day we'll take it down. Yeah. I promise. I don't know when. Yeah, right. And you are. This is one thing I really loved. And you are no. They don't want you taking any shots over 150 feet. Yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah, 150 feet with a bow. I mean, so how far did you get them at? Uh, 149. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> but. I think that was a little bit of a silly rule, but then the other things, you cannot hunt within 150 feet of property line. That's fair. Yep. Because if you have neighbors that are not into this or you have neighbors with a swimming pool or, you know, something dogs. you can poke holes in, dogs, yeah. you know. Um, or then, pet deer. Yeah, pet deer. Here's an example. Yeah. <laughs> um, bow season is October 1st to November 14th, then firearm takes over, and then December 1st to January 1st. And you're, there's no baiting or feeding allowed. So yeah, fair pretty enough. standard rules, you know, but if you have six continuous acres, I think that's a great, I think that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I wish we have a, we have some woods, a stretch of woods right here by our house. I wish they were just open to the public. There's deer all over in there. And, uh, yeah, but like, it's actually to the point where it's like dangerous driving. We have two main roads heading south of here. Yeah. You know, one by the hospital and then the main one. Oh, I'm all, I always see deer on them. Oh, their noses are always right over the curb. Oh yeah. I, interesting enough. I saw a couple of groundhogs. There was like a groundhog party going on, on, on the road. Really? In front of the golf course, yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah, there was one sitting right on the curb. I drive another few feet. There was no, I saw like three or four of them in like maybe a hundred foot stretch, and they were just chilling on the road. Big groundhogs. Or yeah, 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 yeah. They're like beavers. Yeah, they yeah, really. They are. Like, yeah. Remember um, the deer that was walking around the neighborhood. You were petting it. Yeah, I petted the the old backyard. I haven't seen that one. Probably yeah. got smoked by a car. Went, went in thing. to get a pet and wham, you know. Yeah. But last year we had a big nine pointer and a big eight pointer walking around, just mm-hmm. like walking around. I did I did pull up to a deer in the neighborhood yesterday morning in my neighbor's yard. Little doe, skittish. Yeah. But I have not seen that big buck. I wonder if the one guy that can hunt over there. I wonder if he got him because that was a big, big deer man. Mm-hmm. And like there's like like uh, Evan told me just shoot him. It's a seventy dollar ordinance fee. No hunting and then that's it. You know, <laughs> you just shoot him. And it's like, nah, we can't do that. I would love to. Trust me, though. That's like I'm like reaching for my bow, and this thing's walking by the house. It's like, there, give me that, give me that. Thump. Yeah, <laughs> to send it. <laughs> uh, you're field dressing it in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> you don't big, mind if I leave this pile of guts here, do you? Yeah. Big deer hanging in your hanging in your uh, garage <clears throat> in August. Um. So I'm gonna go on to uh, some. Yeah, we're cooking along here. I'm gonna go on to some uh, invasive species things. Sure. All right. 
Let's do it. And then uh, Circle of Blue is the name of this uh, website I got some of this information from. This is the first one. This is Asian carp related. Very, very Asian carp related. Okay. So uh, bubbles and electricity to deter Asian carp. This is in the works right now. They're working on this now. So Brandon Road, Lock and Dam. Brandon, Lock and Dam Road. Brandon Road, Lock and Dam. It's 10 minutes from our house. Yeah. All right. And that is the biggest thing. Michigan's watching it. Like all the, because this is where they they reverse the flow of the Chicago River to for the Sanitarium Ship Canal. This is one of the main locks that is blocking the infestation of Asian carp from the Great Lakes. Is this dam? Yeah, this lock. And so they're like, we have to stop them here because they are a hundred feet from here, not even, mm-hmm. you know. So they have the electric fences up, and they're like, yeah, the electric fences work, but if it's a fish, if it's a baby fish under six inches, it's going to make it through. Can't stop a fish under six inches. Okay. And so Michigan and with along with the feds and other states along with uh, the Great Lakes, they're they're dumping money and they're watching Brandon Road closely. Oh yeah. So one point one four six one point one four six billion dollars to be put into the ninety six year old Brandon Road lock and dam. Uh, one thing I found out is this is one of eighteen points of entry into the Great Lakes for Asian carp. They're fighting Asian carp. This is one of how many? 18. 18? Yeah, there's 18 points that they're worried about. This is the major one. Yeah. Because it's all up the Illinois River. This is the major one. So uh, they said existing barriers will not block anything under six inches. I said that. The new barrier will produce uh, sound, electricity, and first of its kind locking mechanism to flush life forms out of the river. So also has a bubble curtain. So the bubble curtain I thought was interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. So it pretty much it is like what you're thinking of like a fish tank or you know like so they're gonna ride a hose. And this must bubbles. be one hell of an air compressor that they're using. Oh, I know. And so they're gonna run a hose under the river, and it's gonna blow bubbles up. And what they're really hoping is one of two things happen when an Asian carp swims up to the bubbles. They'll think it's the end of the body of water. They'll go, okay, we've gone as far as we can go. Turn around and go back. All right. But if they do, it'll disorient. If they do swim into it. Between that and the sound and the electricity, they'll be all disoriented that they'll turn back to safety. So they won't make it past the wall of bubbles along with all these other things. is supposed to just scare the hell out of them and stop them dead in their tracks. Hope it works. <clears throat> wall of bubbles. Well, not- I know. I know. When I'm reading this, I'm like, let me read this again before I say this on the air. I'm curious to see. I'd actually like to see that in person, but I mean. So it's, I even wrote down here, this dis- disorients fish's sense causing them not to pass. This will be the first huge scale bubbler. This is the biggest bubbler in the world going in at Brandon Road. I, be, I believe it. I mean, I'm thinking of the air compressor. I'm like, that thing is going to run. Imagine just using what, a blowgun, you know? I How don't much? Is uh, it going spanning a whole river? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be like four inch pipe. You got to fill that with no. <laughs> It'd be a building size air compressor. You guys better get a bunch of windmills on Lake Erie to power that. Brandon yeah. <laughs> Brandon Brand, Bridge Road. Brandon Road, Brandon Lock and Road. Dam. Yeah, I drive over it all the time for work. I got because I, I that's one of our main routes heading out west to work on stuff. I've never been there. Really neat back there. Some old quarries on that road. Some is there? old deep, deep quarries. Yeah, it's really cool. And then the the dam is huge. You can see it from the I eighty bridge. You just you see the top of it. So you don't really but the river drops. I don't know how big how big of a drop that thing is. Twenty five feet, thirty feet. Is it's, it? It's I'm a, a big I've dam. never been out there. I should take you back there because it's really cool. The spot below the dam actually looks really cool to get out. Good luck finding parking. It's a huge bridge with no parking around it. But it looks awesome for waiting for smallies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm telling you, it looks awesome. 
I want to see that now. Um, it's yeah, it's really neat. I'll take you back there. It really, it's down the street from our house. It's over by the Joliet Raceway. It's right down the street from Joliet oh, Raceway. Yeah, okay, it's right there. Oh, it's right. Yeah, you do, you cross fifty three, and then bam, you're right there. Hmm. Um, so this historian's fish. Uh, this layered up with other barriers could be effective. So could be. I put that could be effective. So they're trying. And they're, I mean, they're investing. Yeah, you said one point something billion. Yeah, billion with a B. There's millions and then there's billions, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one I want to keep an eye on. So this is going back. This is the American version of a news article we did before. But ABC News, chemical treatment to be deployed against invasive fish in Colorado River. All right. Okay. You remember it was either New Zealand or Australia we talked about this. They're so like, man, we want to get these. Uh, I think they had a carp problem. They have a carp problem too. And they're talking about diseasing the river to get them out of there. Yeah, but it was like syphilis or gonorrhea or something. Yes. They, or no, herpes, wasn't it? Herpes, you're herpes. right. I think it was herpes that they wanted to dump in the river to get yeah. rid of these. And they're like, oh, it should pass by the other fish. And we're all like, ah. Uh, will it? Let's see what happens when they, all right, go ahead, try it. We're yeah. watching, you know. <laughs> um, but the National Park Service is going to poison invasive fish in northern Arizona. All right. Do you have any idea what fish we're talking about yet? The invasive fish we're talking about. In northern Arizona? In northern Arizona in the Colorado River. Gobies? All right, let's keep going then. Rot- I, I don't know exactly know how to say the chemical, the main chemical in this. Rotinone? Rotin- Rotinone. 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 is a lethal substance that has been cleared by the feds and is to be released on August 26th to keep the smallies. What? And the green sunfish at bay below the Glen Canyon Dam. What? So they are fighting smallmouth bass in the Colorado River. Wow. That is, and I'm thinking, uh, just fly me from out the Midwest. There. Tell you what, you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on a large net? Yeah, right. And a big tank in about 50 lakes that I know of that this invasive species can come back yeah. to. Tell you, you know? what, why don't, why don't you fly me out there for a couple of weeks and uh, we'll see what we can do to catch some of them and bring them on back. Let me buy a lake at home real quick. Yeah. All right. And then I will charge a boatload for people to come to an excellent, because, dude, we, we will fight over a good small hole. Yeah. You know, like there are, there are times where it's like people are mad at each other. They're in their spot because the smallies are so good in there. Mm-hmm. Here they're poisoning them, you know. I just find that insane. But it is, I guess it's invasive. They're not, they don't belong there. Um, but man, I just, I don't think I would complain about too many smallies in my river. Oh, me neither. <laughs> that even, that just sounds funny saying that's that. Not a, that's that's the opposite of a small mouth in this river. That's the know? opposite of a problem. Yeah. I think it, uh, how about a big net and just give me three guys in a week yeah. and then, uh, I get couple, to keep, I get to keep what I, I want, you know, a couple of tanker trucks. Oh, we would turn, we would turn Illinois would be a small mouth, like just hole to be in, Yeah, you know? Um, so, and then green sunfish. So, you know, I'm assuming some sort of bluegill type bluegill thing, Bluegill, right? yeah, whatever. Uh, the one thing I did not know, because like, I do a lot of research, and granted, before we changed our name and all that, we focused just like purely on the Midwest. And it used to just be the four states. Um, but they will close the Colorado River Slough for a weekend. And this is the second year in a row that they're doing this. So they tried this once. I did not read anything on the effectiveness of last year. Hmm. Um, Smalley populations doubled in the last year doubled seems like how the, are they what are they doing right yeah, seems like the poison didn't work <laughs> yeah you sure guys that wasn't fish food <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we're gonna poison them and the smallmouth population doubles wait a second this rotin and that stuff's i can't believe it double it's like what did you guys do right because like we need to double our populations here yeah what are you guys do doing for an even triple yeah. you know so uh this is all trying to protect the humpback chub have you ever heard of that humpback chub that's no sounds like a minnow yeah, it's, it's got to be something in the minnow family, but obviously it's 
you know, it belongs there. But it, I guess it was actually like on the endangered species list and the, the smallmouth are killing it and stuff kind of thing. So, hmm. so here's, here's why this ties in to what we were talking about with Asian carp is I, I wrote down here. I'm sure Illinois is watching closely because, uh, Oh wait, we're trying to, we're watching because like with the Asian carp problem. Yeah, if that poison kills smallmouth. They're like, Yeah, go ahead, Arizona. Let go ahead. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let and me know then, how that works. Hmm, 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 hmm. And all of a sudden they're dumping like bleach down the Illinois River. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Kind of like, let me copy your homework. Yeah, right. But it's like, we'll let you do this on your water first before we try this. <laughs> you dumping know. Motor oil and bleach. So that they're fighting the Asian carp, they got they got their best foot forward. But I got a feeling there's a lot of uh, different service, you know, national park service and like uh, fish and game type, you know, DNR type, watching what's going to happen with poisoning the smallmouth bass. And then I got a feeling that might be what's coming. I really do believe that's what's going to be coming for uh, Asian carp. I don't know when, five, ten years. Right. But uh, if they make it past Brandon Road, Lock and Dam, they make it up and they're heading for the Great Lakes. There's going to be something. They're going to. I bet they're probably going to have to close off the Chicago River, the the you know right as at Lake Michigan. They're probably going to have to shut that off and then be like, all right, we're poisoning now. They'll have to. Everybody I mean, downstream get, get the out of the water. Once they get up there, it's game over. But I think I think poisoning is going to be. I really do believe that's going to be the solution to a lot of things. Yeah, very well could be. <clears throat> and I think they're watching closely. I'm just curious to see like how you know does poisoning just dump dumping poison in there and it targets only this fish. All the other fish are fine, you know. I, I just, that I don't. I just don't know how you can do it, especially like uh, smallies, you know. Because like that's the thing is like when they talk about poisoning for carp, it's to keep the smallies alive. You right. know, so this place is just, doing the smallies and keeping the other stuff alive. So it's like, what do you do? You, do you guys know what you're doing? Yeah, I, I just don't know how the poison targets a specific species. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but you could be. You could know? be. Yeah. Could uh, I just I love the smallie problem that they're having. I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm. But um, so the other thing Pat was going to talk about briefly, and I'm I'm not going to like dive into it too horribly, but we were talking about like <clears throat> by the time you hear this, when will they hear this one? Oh, this will be this will be like in a couple of this will be August. Uh, what it be twenty second or something? Twenty second? Uh, no, twenty first. What's today? <clears throat> so this one to come out like August twenty second. Okay. <clears throat> and so for that, for most people, uh, opening a bow season is about five weeks away, right? I mean, roughly, depending on where you're at. Sure. October 1st, typically. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. And so if you're listening to this and you're also a bow hunter, it's common. So, for instance, yesterday, uh, I went out. I was shooting my bow. I was like, I got it. I have not shot all summer. We used to shoot all the time and just life got in the way. Babies, wives, overtime, fishing. Fishing. You know? And it's uh, – so I, luckily, I have an archery club two minutes from the house. So yeah. I go in there. And I'm flinging arrows and it went real well. But – this is the season to start really thinking about what did you break last year, right? Stock and, it up, right? Because like you got to get, but you want to buy this stuff before the season starts. Because like when you have, if you have a very specific broadhead, and that you like to shoot, chances are in September or like uh, October you won't be able to get it. So no kidding, you got to be looking. Stock in just way. people just rush to buy it. So I'm giving <laughs> you a heads up now in August that it's coming and it's coming very quickly. Let's just put it this way: we are closer to deer season than we are to the Fourth of July that just passed. Yeah, you're right. So if you can remember the Fourth of July, that it's happened. Like, that that wasn't like last weekend. It was a weekend before. It yeah, seems like it you know. Like, well, we're closer to deer season than we are to that. Yeah. So if you have broken yesterday. gear, and let me give you an example of broken gear. Um, so I, I get out there. I have my little quiver on my waist because that's why I use it at the club instead of the one on the bow for like hunting. Mm-hmm. And I reach behind, I grab an arrow, knock it, 
of course I was shooting 80 yards like an asshole. But uh, so I pulled back and hit. Okay, perfect. Pull out another one, knock it, pull back, boom, came back flying. Like, what was that? Oh, you yeah, you were telling me about this. And I'm like, uh, did that just bounce off the target? Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so I fired the rest of my arrows, whatever. I go up and I find the one in the ground. The insert and the field tip were missing. Yeah. So it was just hitting this, just hit the shaft, right? So it means at some point when I was shooting that into a bag and I pulled it out, I pulled the insert and all that out of there. Nothing's broken, just the glue let go. And it, so inside a foam target somewhere is a field point and a insert. So is that arrow shot? Yeah. And then, of course, I was shooting 80 and I grabbed a heavier arrow than that one and dropped about a foot lower. And I, right in the wood, gone. Oh, no. It's a $12 arrow. Yeah. Crack it off. There you go. So I'm down two arrows now. So that, but I already got a list going, is what I'm saying. Mm. So I already need extra arrows. Yep. I'm like, Pat, Pat has a tip. Every year, buy three broadheads. Buy three of the broadheads you use. Just buy three. You know, you don't have to buy a million of them. That way you got a stock of them. You know, stuff that's like true. That. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like our, our broadheads aren't that expensive. Ours are about 45 to $50 for three of them. Okay. And it's like, that's it, not that expensive, but it's expensive enough where you don't want to buy nine of them, you know, and you want yeah. spares. Right. And uh, especially, like, Pat has a couple of bows set up. So he wants to leave these bows with these arrows, and, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be taking his arrows between them. Because, like, this one's a 60-pound, this one's a 70-pound, and he's got a sighted in different. So he wants to leave those arrows with that bow. Yeah. And then uh, the one thing we were talking about going into an episode, I'll get into that in a, a second. We were talking about doing it again. But um, checking all your gear over. So did you rip your backpack? Did you, uh, you know, is there one slot? Did you rip a zipper off? Is it is, uh did you break your headlight? Drop you know? your flashlight, yeah. Did you lose something? Did you break something? So right. this is the time of year. I'm not saying get ready for the season. Start thinking about it. Think about it. Maybe go look at your stuff and be like, oh, I did forget. You know what? I was pulling my ground blind through, and a stick ripped a three-foot hole in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And you just you forget about it because, ah, it's the end of the season. I'll worry about that next it's year. It's the end of the season. The weather When the season ends, the weather's terrible. It's, you know, it's cold. It's, you know... And uh, especially last year when the season was ending, we had that 50 below stuff at Christmas time. Yep. So it, it just kind of everything came to a halt quickly. Kind of just put everything away. I'll deal with this next year. I'll deal with this next year. Well, it's next year. Yeah. You know, everything's in stock. These guys are looking to sell. And so go through your gear and, you know, buy stuff that you you may have needed. Yeah. Makes but the sense. one thing me and Pat were talking about is because, like, uh, we shoot the two-bladed single bevel broadheads. That's our, that's our go-to. And uh, – but like there's sharpening involved, so I've I've you've you've practiced, so every time you shoot a broadhead into a target, it gets duller, you know, and but with the two blade, you actually sharpen them like a knife, you know. Okay. Uh, I use my knife for all kinds of stuff. I carry when I'm hunting, I probably have three knives on me, two to three knives on me, and a couple of different saws. I have a saw right on my strap, so I can cut little blims off to get up in the tree or something. Yep. And then I have one for splitting rib cages. That's a separate saw. Mm-hmm. But especially for the knives, uh, when you use them, they dull. You know that. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a very big knife guy, so I don't need to tell you twice. You know that maintenance on them is important. So me and Pat were talking about redoing an episode with better thought-out details on sharpening. What do you think of that idea? I think it's a great idea. I'm not a very like, – <clears throat> I use – I have a pocket knife with me. Well, I have one right now. I have yeah. a pocket knife with me everywhere I go. I got, it's funny. I got a pocket knife on my right – Right pocket, and I got my little pliers in my left. It was, it, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I was up, uh, I came over a couple of weeks ago for dinner, and I remember <laughs> I was sitting in your kitchen, and I had to open a package. 
And I just looked over and glanced down. And there's an open pocket knife right there. And I just grabbed it. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, it's right here. And I'm like, Jim and me are like the exact same person. Because you're never, you're never more than an arm's length away from a pocket knife yeah. right, in my house. A good sharp one, too. Yeah. You know. Um, but I'm, I'm not a very good sharpener. I've been trying to learn. I've been trying for years. I just I, I don't have it down. I don't have it like you and Pat and your dad. Uh, I'm nowhere near my dad, but I'm, I'm close. Um, the, the biggest thing is I don't have the patience as much as I, I – when I have time and you're watching TV by yourself kind of thing, that's usually when I get sharpening kind of mm-hmm. stuff done. But, like, uh, for instance, I we had to redo all – at least I did my fillet knives after the white bass run just because – we tore some. Oh God! Yeah. That was uh. We filleted what 146 fish or something out. It was insane. Yeah. It was insane. But uh, those little fish are armored cars. Yeah, they are. So they really tear up your blades. So you're constantly uh uh. What what did what we had a steel up there with us, didn't we? Didn't we have a steel with us? Yeah, we did. We had a steel. Was it my leather pouch one? I think it was the leather pouch one. Uh, I can't remember. Or maybe it was the whoosh, whoosh, the rod, the single rod. Yeah, I think it was a sting, single rod. So we're talking about that episode coming up, uh, sharpening broadheads, knives, you know. Yeah, I'd like to be involved in that because I'd like to learn more about it. You guys are the experts. Well, we did an episode probably two years ago. It's probably one of our first episodes. Probably in the first 10 episodes, we did that. I remember that. It was called Sharpening sharpening Your Knives, Honing Your Skill, maybe. Was Something the name like of that. that episode. It was actually popular. It was one of the most popular. Pat says he gets questions on it. People that have listened to it, that talked to him, said, you know, they would like to hear... That's one of their favorites. Maybe hear another one kind of thing. So we're actually talking about going more like a deep dive into it. Tools. I think I actually set something up here and do a little like show and tell. Maybe, yeah, maybe set we'll up a video. A, yeah, do a little video. That'd be yeah. nice. But so we're talking about diving in that because I'm willing to bet since I did that episode, I've gotten a couple of new tools. I can't remember when I, exactly when I got some things. I might have to listen to that episode over again. Uh, but we're talking about doing that. And then we fishy fill. Smoking Phil, whatever you want to call him. Smoking Phil. We're talking about having him back on because I really want to do just like a straight up food cooking episode. I'm all about that. You know, so uh, I, I, we've already been texting back and forth in the group chat. Not yep. that you ever chime in on that, by the I, way. Well, yeah, you guys chit chat. You guys reply right away, and then I read it, and I'm like 15 texts behind, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not going to reply to what Phil originally said. I'm like, Bill put this in and do not disturb mode. <laughs> <laughs> but so we're talking about doing a food episode very uh, soon. The food soon. episode, I think uh, I think it would be a great idea to have some meat pies. <laughs> no, we're not bringing that up. But a food episode, the one thing too would be great is if uh, maybe we'll try and rig this to where Brad can be on and I can pin you guys all against each other. You know, that'd be cool. That would be, because uh, that, that, that can get energetic if Brad comes on this thing. Oh, 100%. Brad and Phil. Like I think they can get pretty. Brad and Phil are they're kind of like opposites because Brad's I don't know, in your face and Phil's just like yeah, yeah man. let's let's talk about this. <laughs> so we're we're gonna do a we're gonna do a food episode coming up and then so we're talking about doing the sharpening thing. I was kind of more looking for validation behind it. If you think that'd be worth, I doing think it'd be a great idea actually. And then obviously we got the Hayward trip. We're gonna talk about Hayward trips coming up. <clears throat> and then we got fall fishing and then deer hunting. Um, I'm thinking deer hunting's gonna go a little different for me this year. I think it's gonna. I got some access to things I didn't have access to before. Right. So I'm not really diving into that totally yet because I people make promises, but you got to like see if they keep the promises kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, yeah. So hopefully deer hunting will go a little different for me, but I really want to focus on salmon and muskie this fall. Yeah, is my goal. Um, so that's all I really had. I know it's kind of a short episode. Do you yeah, have anything else shorter. you want to throw in there? Well, Pat Pat was going to bring some news articles, and he was going to talk a little deeper into prepping your your deer hunt and stuff, which is important. I'm telling you, I have so like what I do is. I have boxes, okay? So and you've I, got your big plastic totes. So my big, I, I have a big, for fishing I have one, and for hunting I have one, are the big uh, sportsmen's, uh, what do they call those things? They can't, not trunks. 
Sportsman's boxes, Plano makes them. Yeah. They're waterproof they're, with wheels on they're them. They're totes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but they they, they're so long, they got the wheels that you could pick them up and roll yeah, them. Yeah, they're nice. Luggage. And, but they're waterproof and stuff. But anyway, so I have one for hunting. I have one for fishing. Not that everything I own goes in there, but like the main thing. So like I'll take all my reels off, put them in a case. That goes in the fishing one. Yep. But uh, so I will literally take down my tote and sometimes you'll lay something out there like, oh, I forgot I broke that carabiner. I lost a carabiner for my saddle. Yeah. Or uh, I tore my rappel rope or I lost my belay device for rappelling or whatever. But just sometimes opening the box and flipping through like yeah everything seems to be here or yeah. oh man i totally forgot i lost that range finder last year i was walking through the woods and i lost my range finder right. whatever you know oh i broke that saw cutting that limb so just a little reminder is to get out there maybe fire your bow up a couple of times check your gear over and then now is the season that everything is in stock to order go so, buy it that's all i'm gonna leave you leave it at that and uh, don't forget to go check out the Muskie 360 app. Lots of information, lots of entertaining videos. Lots under. of good information. And, uh, yeah, tune in next week for, I don't know what we're going to do. I think I'm going to do a brisket for next week. Brisket? Okay. I think I'm going to do one. I don't know what, i got to talk to Pat. I don't exactly know what next week's going to be. I already give you a lowdown in the next couple of weeks. So, anyway, right. thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.